Well, I've been looking forward to interviewing this person today because this happens to not only be a great speaker and a powerful person on the planet, but he is also a good friend of mine. His name is James Henderson. And as I open this up, I want to make sure I tell you a bit about him professionally. He has over 30 years in the hospitality in hospitality leadership as a vice president of HR, multi-unit management and Director of Operations for Regional and National Change. James completed Rockbridge Seminary this past June and is the associate pastor rather, at one of the largest full-time outdoor ministries in America. I want to hear more about that because as James and I have talked about, uh, we are both ordained ministers. He is a past president, the immediate past president of the Florida Speakers Association, and that is how I know James. And I am honored to bring James on with me this morning. Hey, James, how are you? I'm fantastic. How are you, Will? I'm doing good. I apologize for the little snafu there that we were having, but uh, I'm glad it worked out. I think I may have sent you the wrong link. No problem. I deserve to be backstage for a little longer. No big deal. <laughs> yeah, I like to mess with people just to see if they'll complain. So, Well, I was going to, but I figured you wouldn't listen. Wouldn't listen. Wouldn't, you know, what's the old saying? I think it was uh, Yogi Berra said, don't complain. Half the people don't care. And the other half are glad it's you, <laughs> not them. <laughs> Well, I want to take a slightly different tack. Tell me about one of the largest outdoor ministries in America. Well, you know, it's amazing, Will. We just celebrated our 25th year. Uh, we are in, uh, I shouldn't say partnership, but we use a city park in downtown Naples. Uh, we average uh, during season, which is January through actually October through May, uh, we average about 3,000, between 3,000 and 3,500 people outdoors. Uh, and then when we get down to summer weight, when it gets a little hotter, we get to about 750 people. Uh, it's church like every other church, but we have a dog station where you can bring your dog. Uh, people come in on Segway tours. They ride their bikes. Uh, they they come ready to go to the beach afterwards. Which the beach is five blocks down the street. So uh, it's a wonderful experience and it's outdoors the way it should be. And uh, it's the best part, Will, uh, and you'll, you'll understand this. It's not intimidating the way some churches are to some people. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I know that we used to say the hardest part was getting people past the front door. Yep. You know, yep. because uh, people are, you know, what's going to happen in here? Who's et cetera. So, well, that's interesting. I, I, um, one of my fondest memories was as a boy, we would take our boat to a Marina and there was a minister who put on a mm -hmm. service out there. And then he would walk <clears throat> in with a cane pole and collect the offering and everything like that. <laughs> so why do you believe, um, that we need, do you believe, uh, I, I was wanting to contextualize a question, right? Do you believe we need a hospitality revival or do you feel like we're in the middle of one? I believe that we need one and people are beginning to get on board with one. And the reason I say that is this, 
I was in the hospitality industry for a long, long time. And there are people who have, you can tell when you walk into the door that people are happy. You can tell that they've been there for a while. You can tell that they understand that there's a culture around their business, whether it's a restaurant, a hotel, whether it's Walmart. They, you can tell when, the, when you walk inside whether there's a, hospital, a, a hospitality spirit, right? So, so far, and, and I don't want to blame it all on COVID because it's been going down for a while. If you go to any restaurant, and I don't know how many restaurants you go down, down south. I don't get to say down south to too many people, Will. But, uh, <laughs> down, <laughs> but down south, when you go to a restaurant, how many of them have a now hiring sign? How many, how many businesses, period? All of them. And oh, if they hi. don't, they have a sign. There's a Burger King in Florida City that says, please be nice to the people who showed up. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. And, and part of that, not all of it, but part of it is because we've lost the spirit to make people feel at home around us, Will. We... And it happens. That's well put, by the way. I think yeah, that's a it, good way of putting that. Yeah, it happens in churches. It happens in businesses. It happens in restaurants. It happens in organizations like my old organization, where the commercials will tell you that if you come in, you're going to be the happiest person on the planet. And before you even get to the front door, you're like, why did I come here? They don't even want me here. <laughs> you know, and, and so they, we used to have a saying that says, Pretty soon you'll get that business down low enough to where you can handle it. And that's what's happening right now is that we don't have a spirit in our businesses. Sometimes we don't have a spirit in our churches that invite people to come. And once they get there, they feel at home quickly. And that's really important. We got to make people feel at home quickly. If I hire a new person to work in my hotel or my restaurant or my retail store, I need to make them feel at home quickly. And that comes from the organization creating the culture and the leadership that works every day along with those people to make them feel that. So that it's not something that is contrived. It can be intentional without being contrived, but something that is intentional that makes them feel after a very short period of time that ah, I can stay here. As you were speaking, I was thinking Apple, Starbucks, Disney. Um, I had another one too, but I can't think of too many others who give you that you really are home. You really are comfortable. One of the things I love about Disney is just going to the restaurants in the park because the yes. service is so phenomenal. Yes. They're, they're cranking through 10,000 people, but they make you feel like you are there for a unique dining experience. So what we've got, James, is proof that it can be done. Why aren't more people doing it? Because I would imagine the benefits would be immense. Because here's what, number one, it costs money. But, but, but we have to be intentional, Will, because uh, sometimes we think, hey, listen, this is a really nice person. I had a great interview with them. They were really, really nice. Their mom and dad are really, really cool. They're going to come in. They're just nice. And so everyone's going to feel welcome around them. Well, that's not really true. Our culture, sometimes the way I treat 
the frontline managers will boil down to the way those frontline managers treat my frontline employees and those frontline employees treat my guests and my customers. So when we're intentional and everything that we do points toward having a 360 degree hospitality culture that goes from top to bottom, it goes from employee to, to employer, it goes from employee to customer, it goes from customer to their friends. When they uh, invite them to come out to my restaurant or to my hotel or to my retail shop, uh, but we have to be intentional. And I think too few people are really intentional about that. Now, I don't want to pick on any one big box, but there's one big box that I spend a lot of money at. Okay. But I know when I go to this big box spot, Will, I know when I go there, I'm not, I'm not going to find anyone who can tell me what it is that I need. When I ask them a question, I feel as though they are, um, I feel as though that they are, uh, put off by the fact I was that gonna I, say irritated yes that I would help what are you doing what talking me? to me <laughs> Why are you asking me what is we can do better we we can do better uh and again I don't want to isolate it to retail and, and again you know this will sometimes people come to church and they're like oh that's my seat that what are they doing sitting in that ex area sometimes it's just in our neighborhood will why are they driving? Why are they looking over at my? We've come to a point where I think it's important that we realize we've got to be. I'm from the South. I grew up in a, in a small town. My hometown's two stores and a water tank for the train. And you go to, you go <laughs> to town. What's, what's the name of the town? It's called Eminence, Kentucky. Eminence, Kentucky. It's the Saint highest Luke. point between Louisville and Lexington. Okay. That's our claim to fame. And there used to be a train that came through, but now the, now the city hall is the train station because the train doesn't come through anymore. Uh, but uh, but, but I, I grew up in a small town where everyone shared hospitality with each other. You wave and say hello and, and those sorts of things. I, I just moved at the first of this month to a new house and people are driving by, they're waving, they're saying hello. And the place I've lived for the year before, people that lived right next to me, I never never spoke to them. I'd say hi, and they'd keep on going, and I'd say, oh, well, that's nice. That's great. Yeah. But but we've lost sometimes, I don't think it's, we haven't lost the ability, but we've lost the urge to always be hospitable. And that leaks over into everything that we do. All right. So let's say I'm going to open a new church. I've just gotten ordained, and I come to my mentor, James Henderson, and I'm going to say, I want this to be a hospitable place. How do I make people feel like they're home, as you say? What are some of the actual things that, and ideally, that would cross over to a business as well as a church? I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you several questions. Hit me. But the first one is this. The first one is this. What do you feel about your customers? What do you feel about your congregants? What do you feel about the people who come to stay in your hotel? What do you feel about them and that person needs to tell me not that well I, I need to get my business up and running they don't need to tell me that well i, I need that i need to uh, uh to to make sure that 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 the, that the the rooms are clean that person needs to tell me and we need to further 
from using that question, we need to go further and figure out how it goes from a um, transactional. Because sometimes we look at service and hospitality as being transactional, where it goes from being transactional to, well, here's how I feel about my customers. I feel so great about my customers that I'm going to treat my employees so well that no matter, I could be at home, I could be in Key Largo, I could be anywhere, and I could leave my business, and the dishwasher could walk by someone and open the door to the restroom. Why? Because I've established a culture within my building that the people who are in my building all day, every day, bleed that over to the people who come to me once a week or a couple times a week, or they come to my restaurant for happy hour, or they come to my church once a week. Those people who spread to me. Now, uh, my wife is in transitioning to move to Naples, and she lives here in West Palm Beach, and we go to a church here in West Palm Beach. And when we go to that church, there are people everywhere, and they're smiling, and they seem to have nothing to do except Say hello to me and make sure that I know where to go. Make sure that I know what's next and I know what's happening. And if I need something, they can be there. And isn't it, isn't it that simple? That's that's really the way it should be in our mm-hmm. personal relationships, right, Will? Of course. You know, I, I, hey, Will's coming. I got a smile on my face. Will, how can I how can I help you? What can we do together to make this? a better situation? What can we do to make this a better operation? What can we do to make this a wonderful day for everyone who steps in this building? Because it's me and Will, we're together. (laughs) All right. I want to hit you with a question then. I interviewed somebody a month or so ago who was a a customer service person as well. And um, one of the things that they said, which was like a thunderclap for me, I had never thought of it this way. was is that the people in the service industry let's say housekeepers servers chefs or cooks etc often the people that who are frontline as you say dishwasher should be smiling and opening the door we are asking them to provide first class service and yet we are paying at such a level that we are attracting people who have never experienced first class service yeah. so how do you train people within a restaurant, church, organization, et cetera, to present something they have not themselves. Here's the one thing that I talk to people about all the time. There's training and then there's development, right? There's training and there's development. When we train people, we need to give them all the mechanics that it takes in order to do their job. Their development is me going in the back door as a director of operations, going in the back door, not finding the general manager, but going in the back door and walking up to the dishwasher and saying, hey, Pablo, how's your family? I know your mom was sick last week. Is everything okay? Yeah, good. Everything going okay for you? That's great. That hasn't addressed a dollar yet. It hasn't addressed a dollar yet. But is everything okay for you? Yeah, sure. It's great. Everything's going well. Well, if, if there's anything I can do for you, you let me know. Giving our employees an opportunity to tell us what they really need, because most 
people in the service industry don't leave because of money, especially those who are tipped employees. Say it's that again. Most people who are service people don't leave because of money. That's a common myth. They do not. They do not leave because of money. Because if I'm a server or if I'm a bartender, I can have the same amount of customers. I can have the same amount of people come in the front door. If my culture is better, I can make more money off each and every one of those customers without adding a single customer. Because they feel at home. And if they feel at home with me, if they come in the door and I'm the bartender, I'm the server, or, uh, or, or even if I'm the busser. I tipped the lady during COVID. I, 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 there's a restaurant that I go to and I, and I go, go there three days a week because it's close to my church office. I go there and during COVID, they had a lady and all she did was wipe down the doors every day. They brought her out and she wiped down every door. She would go around the entire restaurant. She would wipe down the doors, the handles, the windows. She'd come back. She'd circle around. She'd wipe down the doors, the handles, the windows. And someone explained to her that she needed to do that. She did it like she was a, an airplane pilot. She did it like the world depended upon it. And on the way out the door, I popped her a 20 and I said, I'm grateful for you. She made me feel at home because she was doing things that maybe I didn't know that I needed, but I was getting anyway. That's wonderful. I was wondering, we talk about customer service and one of the things that I see happening, and I always think of uh, the pool <laughs> at my condo complex, because that's where all the um, snowbirds come and they just float in the pool all day. And one will say something about uh, bad service they got somewhere. And someone as complaining does, it always has to go in degrees of higher severity. Oh, you think that's bad, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you think that's bad. And there's not a lot of market for people getting in the pool and saying, you know, I had the best service last night. And somebody else saying, you know, me too at a different restaurant. And so I guess the only point is, and I wanted you to comment on it, is that we tend to notice poor customer service out disproportionately. And maybe we're actually getting far better customer service than we realize in many cases, or than we certainly than we appreciate, like you did with the woman anti-COVIDing everything. Right. I think there's a I think there's a lot of that. I mean, and we do that in all areas of our life. Let who's kidding who. Uh, we find the negative in everything and we want to spread it because man bikes dog. There you go. Power. Man bikes dog sells. Yep. And and that's the way, that's the way we're wired. And so when we look at this hospitality revival and I call it a hospitality revival 360 and here's the 360 part, Will. And I think this may be the most important part. I don't, you know, I, I'm not going to advocate on your show a, a religion or anything like that. But what I'm advocating is that whatever we believe in, we need to work on that within ourselves. And when we're in touch with whatever it is that we believe in, I mean, I don't care if it's Buddha or it doesn't matter. If we're in touch with whatever we believe in, it's easy to be hospitable, hospitable to other people because we're not threatened by people who are different from us. We're not threatened by people who challenge us to do better and, 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 and think bigger. We're not challenged by that.
because part of that 360 leadership is being in touch with what I believe, what my culture is, and being able to spread that culture to everyone who's around me, whether it's my employees, my customers, my friends, the people that I see in church, or the lady that I walk by in Costco that's just got that frown and she looks like she's going and I just smile and say hello and keep on going. Because you never know when that piece of hospitality is going to change someone's life for that moment. And you're right about um, the, the various servers, et cetera, finding ways to, to provide unique hospitality. I was thinking of a friend of mine who's a professional banquet waiter in Seattle, Washington. And uh, banquet waiter now, he was a regular waiter, but he always made considerably more than all the other waiters. And um, the way he did that was none of the other waiters could sell desserts. And this restaurant was famous for its desserts, but people would eat so much. And so he would say, listen, I know you're not hungry for dessert, but I want to show you the dessert tray because the items on it look so real, but they're actually made out of wax. So let me bring it and show it to you. They were actually real desserts. The point was to give, get an excuse to bring it out. And then they'd say, oh, it looks so real, et cetera, et cetera. And he'd go, it is real. And then by then, you know, they've gotten their attention and everything. So Yeah, and that works. Let, let me show you just one thing real quick with it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to be, and I'm hoping you're hoping I'm going to see you there. We're going to be at the Gaylord in a couple of months. All right. For influence for national speakers association. A couple of years ago, I went to Gaylord and I was staying there. I've, I've got friends in Nashville that used to be part of my territory. So I, I go to Nashville. And so I was staying at the Gaylord and I was downstairs having lunch in this beautiful, uh, you know, this beautiful area. And there's a waterfall and all this stuff and there's fish and all this kind of cool stuff. Listen, this is a really cool setting. And so I went like two days in a row. The second day I came, I had a second server and I walked in and they said, hello, Mr. Henderson, how are you? And I looked at that. How do you know who I am? And so I kind of, after I got done eating, I, I kind of peeked around. I said, look, look, I said, I'm in the restaurant business. And I was at the time. I said, I'm in the restaurant business. I want to peek behind the curtain here. I said, how did you know who I am? So he said, here's my secret. And I'm talking about being intentional, but creating a culture of hospitality. There was a big stack of sheets. And on that sheet, it had customer name, um, uh, number in the party, description, what did they have, et cetera, et cetera. And so at the start of the next shift, when I came to that same restaurant, a server who had never seen me before had an idea, right? Had an idea that I was the person who had the, the, the you know, the, the salmon salad the day before and walked up to me and said, hello. That's how we teach and create that culture of hospitality. It can be intentional, but after a while, it becomes part of what we do and part of that culture. And what kind of being in the restaurant business for a lifetime, what kind of tip you think that second guy got? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right. I mean, so those those are the type of things that we can do. Uh, those are the type of things I try to do in my church. I try to be out uh, in around people, just talking to them, asking them their names, seeing how they're doing. People I haven't seen before. Are we making ourselves available giving up enough of ourselves 
so that people feel at home around us, around our employees and around my business. You know, it's funny. We all want our business to grow. And I, I realized that my business has grown significantly since I began to take an active interest in the lives of the people who work for me. Now, that may sound, well, duh, but I have one employee in Kenya. I have one in Serbia. I have one in the Philippines and I have one who lives on a cruise ship. So it's kind of difficult. But what I did was the same thing, made notes of their family, their, you know, their parents, et cetera, et cetera. And being able to ask them that I get better service. And I think that's true for all of us in every situation. Um, I know people who will walk down to their apartment complex manager and uh, they're upset about something, but rather than taking a moment to ask how the person is doing, then they just jump right in. So in some ways I feel like we get the customer service we, (laughs) we ask for. Yes. You agree? I do. I do. Uh, and, and, and sometimes we're so conditioned to getting bad service that it's, it's kind of like we're waiting for that, that negativity to hit us. And even if it doesn't, we're still clenched waiting for it to happen. Right. There it is. So even yeah. if the punch never comes. I'm already, you know, I'm already holed up for it. Yeah. You know, but again, there are ways to, you know, there are ways to, to combat that. I, I've worked with, I've worked with some amazing people in the hospitality industry. Uh, at one point, I was taught that uh, we, I began, it is probably in the early 80s, we began sharing every hourly staff member's personal goals. Wow. Got a big board in the back. And once a quarter, every hourly employee was required to give us their personal goals, not how many desserts they were going to sell. Right. But I want to get my car paid off by the end of it. I want to complete my uh, my uh, bio- biology class with a 3.5. They were up on the wall and we shared them and we cheered on every single positive result that we got. And so not only did the management, not only did everyone cheered on their friends because What's really important in the bottom line, and and and, and the the word hospitality is the most important. What's important is, uh, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said, "You can get everything in life that you want if you just help enough other people get what they want." And, and I believe that's true. I really believe that's true. Absolutely. My guest once again is James Henderson. You can find him on the internet at jamesleehenderson.com. That is James Lee Henderson. James, this has been great. I just was looking for a song of the day. And yeah, I'm, I, I like this one. We're going to go with Roll With It by Steve Winwood. Our song of the day is Roll With It by Steve Win- Winwood. Seems like a good customer service or hospitality related song. So whatever you get, roll with it. So everybody, the song of the day, as you know, as soon as we are done, we all listen to the same song to attune our energies wherever or whenever we are coming together. So James, yeah, my plan is right now to be at Influence. I guess I'll go ahead and announce this. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty well self-diagnosed that I've torn my rotator cuff. So I am hoping that I will be in, I've already paid for influence. I've got everything booked. So my plan is to be there for the National Speakers Association event. So we'll have some coffee together. 
That's oh, we got on coffee. I heard earlier. Yeah. Well, I'll get some decaf, you know. <laughs> All right, everybody. Alexa, play Roll With It by Steve Winwood. Everybody enjoy today. James, thanks again. No more, no more complaining people. Their lives are changing. We're flying high, creating a complaint-free world. No more, no more complaining people. Their lives are changing. We're